<clears throat> Your attention, please. This episode was brought to you by Cards Against Humanity, who have asked, asked us n- not to read an ad. Read one anyway! No, no, it's okay. Enjoy the show. Everyone enjoys a good home-cooked meal, but who wants to clean up that mess? Well, now you can mow through those dishes in a snap with Golden Dawn Dish Liquid. Golden Dawn is specially formulated for cutting tough grease. Moms love Golden Dawn's fresh scent of summer breeze. So go out today and buy a bottle of Golden Lawn, specially formulated for cutting tough grass. Dads love the combo of Golden Lawn and the fresh scent of summer trees. Everybody loves that fresh cut feel, but who wants to clean up that grass? But don't take our word for it. Here's our founder. Hi, I'm Olden John. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. Moldy Pond Fish Liquid. Cuts through tough geese. Get it before it's sold and gone. All right. That's right. Blurry Photos, the only podcast that cuts through tough geese. (laughs) Smells like fresh summer trees. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Hello there. I'm David the Golden Prawn Flora. And I'm Dave. I'm on Golden Pond Dave Stecco. (laughs) Did that work? Did I do it? It's me, you old poop. I was, when I was in second grade, I was weirdly obsessed with On Golden Pond. It was like a movie I would watch every day for a long time. Huh. Probably, probably three days. When you're in second grade, everything's for a long time. That's weird. Yes, it is weird. And here's the other weird thing. I couldn't tell you what that movie's even about now. I just know I watched it a lot. I know that uh, one of them gets stuck on a rock. They keep talking about loons and... At one point, Catherine Hepburn goes, it's me, you old poop. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. You loved it. I loved it. I was watching DuckTales Curse of the Beagle Boys or something like that. It was like, I, I would just watch that thing front to back over and over. Hell yeah. That's, that's See, what yeah, I was I w- watching. You had better options though. Like, <laughs> This is one of those times where like the age difference in us usually doesn't matter much, but in that case, like as far as TV entertainment goes, Sounds big like, difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Yes. Uh, where you you definitely don't have any better options than this. <laughs> yeah. We I'm, checked. Due diligence. That's right. Well, before we get too started here real quick, hey, take a second. <laughs> go to our homepage. Yeah. Click on the vote for us link. The picture, whatever you want to, whatever is there to click on, click on it. Takes you to the Chicago Readers Best of Chicago content vote thing. I don't, what do you call those things? Anyways, vote for us for best podcast in Chicago. We're up against three other podcasts, one of which is a is a major like radio program, apparently. Yeah. Well, major. I. How do you define major? Uh, do, do, uh, don't forget. Don't forget, Flora. We beat. Neil deGrasse Tyson a few years ago. I mean, neither of us won, and the only person who was announced was the actual winner. So as far as anybody knows, we beat Neil deGrasse Tyson a few years ago. We can do it. Yeah, I I have full faith. (laughs) Hashtag, we probably didn't beat Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're up against three others. Uh, Two two of them, you know, they, they they look like they're up for a fight. And then this third one. They're up for it, love. They're up for it. 
It's on, eh? <laughs> I'll go for a tussle. <laughs> um, but this, yeah, this third one is like, it's WGN here in Chicago. Whoa. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a syndicated. They throw up the audio from the radio show. Uh-huh. It's a political show. So if you don't like politics, vote for blurry photos. <laughs> and if you do like politics, vote for blurry photos. For blurry photos. Yeah. Anyways, I think we can do it. I think we got a good chance, but you got to do it before Monday the 12th. Yeah. So you got the whole weekend. Figure it out. But the link is on our website. It's on our Facebook page. It's in mm-hmm. the Blurry Photos fan page. You can find it. It's on our Twitter. It's I've in been, your dreams, animals. I've been sending it out. You're so not please, animals. It would, it would but it is in your us, dreams. Do us a world of good to win, to win a, an award. A, ma- a major <laughs> award. <laughs> one vote per person, per name, per email. And one like equals one vote equals one prayer, guys. Tell everyone and uh, spread that word out there. Get us... Go into the library and get on all the computers. And- yes, the library. So thanks, thanks for your support with that. Yeah. Also, you know, while, while you're on there, just like us on Facebook and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. review us on whatever you're listening to, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Addict or whatever, uh, Google Play or however. Fitz, however the Fitz, rating system Fitz works. Henry or uh, Sham, Sham, Sham Blaster or uh, uh, Tech, tech Slicer. Slicer. Tech Slut Slicer. Yeah, t- Slicer. There's there's two L's. <laughs> Slicer. <laughs> oh, we should just get on topic and save ourselves this this humiliation. <laughs> I agree. Let's let's go on and do it because we got a good show. I we think do. This, is this is weird fun. and and pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, people people have been asking for it, and now it's time to pay the fiddler whore. <laughs> that phrase <laughs> you say it like it's a thing but i don't think it's a thing <laughs> i remember it being a thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's see if i remember correctly we're gonna be talking about the mandela effect yeah you guys ever heard of this thing because i know i hadn't pretty fun stuff that that um plays in these 40 in circles that we run in yeah so let's get into it how about it um you know, Dave, putting up a weekly podcast, it's tough. It is not easy. A lot of work goes into it. Sometimes you work up an appetite, so you have to grab a Snackers bar to keep your energy up. Absolutely. You know? A lot of times you just want to step away and relax, and some people like exercising to take their minds off of it, you know, following the the famous Nike phrase, do it. Yeah. Uh, others like reading, they might enjoy finding which act of Hamlet contains the famous line to be and not to be, <laughs> or sometimes one gets distracted by watching a Facebook live video where Elvis is giving a speech. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do <laughs> when you want to relax. Stop describing a nightmare world. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a nightmare world. Uh, these are not examples of what is called the Mandela effect, but they are analogous, Dave. Oh, good. I like a good analog. I know, I know how you were looking forward to that Snackers bar tonight, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the Mandela effect is a term created for instances of remembering something a certain way, and then it turns out to be slightly different in actuality. In short, your memory doesn't match current fact. It was coined by author and self-described paranormal consultant Fiona Broom around 2010 after she found out that she and others had the same memory 
of South African President Nelson Mandela having died while in prison in the 80s. Racist. When he actually died in 2013. Yeah, and the, everyone remembers how the, the sign language went down for that. Remember that? No, what? The, there was a guy there who was doing the sign language translation. At, I think it was Mandela's funeral, and it turns out it was just a dude making it up who did not know any sign language, oh. just really wanted to go, and it just oh my gosh. told everybody that he knew sign language, and it was just... Just deep nap, doo, 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 doo. just doing whatever he felt like up there. <laughs> I remember that happening. I didn't know that that was his. I mean, I had forgotten that it was his funeral. I, I think it was his funeral. Shoot, now you make me have to check. I hate checking. Well, I mean, you, it might be wrong now. It might have changed. Oh, yeah, I know it is because the first thing that popped up was Mandela funeral sign language. I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty funny. Since then, she and others have begun collecting examples of these weird memory anomalies and amassing a list of what they eventually determined was proof of a shift in reality. Whoa! They really went for the, they just went for the top shelf on that. Oh yeah, they got on that horse and rode. (laughs) I don't know, I have no idea why it came out like that. Uh, it's believed that so many people sharing the same memories and having those memories be called false is more than mere coincidence. It points to either something science doesn't understand or something sinister being done to us. Puppet strings pulled from spiders' abdomens controlling you. <laughs> Sorry, that was going to go somewhere it, useful, but it didn't. There are blurry photos. They... They aren't all winners. Quantum physics may be at play in ways we haven't prepared for, including sliding between parallel universes or disastrous effects of pursuing projects at CERN. Yeah. Even reality itself has been questioned, touching on the theory that we're living in a simulation, as referenced in our reality episode. Yep. And of course, it could always be the small group of evil elites in league with the devil <laughs> to implant false memories within us, furthering their dark, particular agenda. We'll be taking a look at the Mandela Effect, including many of the popular examples, the conspiracy theories, and some scientific and critical thinking of the claims. So sit back and enjoy this memorable episode of Blurry Pictures. <laughs> See what you did there. Speaking of which, Flora, can we maybe, I don't know, like I, I love Hoover the Talking Seal so much, but I, I also want there to be like some sort of weird Alex Jones crossover creature. <laughs> Hoover the Talking Patriot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Patriot, the, the barking the, uh, separatist. <laughs> Hoover the Vigilant Seal. Yeah. Uh, Second Amendment. Uh, The the right to keep and bear arms. I'm a citizen soldier. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you what. uh, uh, Just apropos of nothing, it's not like I've been keeping close tabs on it. Maybe I'll check tomorrow. But... uh, I like to talk, I like to check in with Alex Jones maybe once a week or so these days. And every time I've checked recently, he has not been on the show. 
and maybe he's just not doing it as much or or what but i and and it could just be that randomly when i picked someone else was at the desk or something but i uh, i feel like i've been seeing less alex jones lately maybe he's maybe he's laying a little low or something it's been a rough couple of weeks for him yeah after that custody battle maybe yeah plus and then he had to do the apology to chobani cuz he picked a fight with a yogurt magnate didn't he have to apologize for Pizzagate too? Yep. Yeah, a lot of hits. Yeah, yeah, Took rough, a lot of hits lately. Rough, Turn, rough. Turns out there's consequences for spewing bullshit. I hope so. Not for you, not for you and me, but for for him. <laughs> I mean, here for the longest time, it's just seemed like there were no consequences for anything. I so yeah, I'll still, take I'll take anything. Yeah, I can I'll take as many consequences as I can. By the way, that's the quote that'll go up when I'm arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, real quick, I uh, should have pointed this out earlier. We're going to announce the winners of the Miss Cryptid contest and the uh, prize pack in the next episode because of the podcast time dilation. Yep. When we're putting this together, the voting is still open. Yeah. So uh, expect that in the next episode. Yes. So very soon. Sorry to keep you waiting. So yeah, let's let's, so, let's get some examples going here of the Mandela effect. What? What? This, this is this is the hot dog in in the the hot dog of the Mandela yeah <laughs> of the Mandela effect. This isn't the bun. It's not the mustard or the onions or the chiller or the nasty shit that Chicagoans put on it. Whoa! We pump pump the brakes, son. Chicago dog is a national treasure. National in one city. <laughs> hey, every, no, not true. Everyone likes Chicago dogs everywhere. It's true. Other places sell Chicago dogs and people love them. Sonic even sells them, I think. I don't know. I don't live near one. Oh, my God. Well, I'm not going to sit here and shame what you like to eat like some asshole. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, only a real I think dill you can would like do that. Whatever you want. You are free you know to like anything. Flora, I thank you so much because that is the respectful point of view that we've come to espouse here at Blurry Photos. You do what you want and what makes you happy, brother. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right, examples. Yeah, Flora, hit me with one. All right, uh, let's see. You know what? <laughs> Talking about hot dogs. Uh-huh. Let's start with Oscar Mayer. Yeah. My baloney has a first name. What is it? It's O-S-C-A-R. That's correct. My baloney has a second name. Spell it's it. a cloud of confusion that no one understands. It is unpierceable by science or religion. That's also correct. <laughs> how did you how did you guys spell it? Cuz this is a this is a, a sticking point. Yeah. Did you spell it M E Y E R? I did. Cuz if you did, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. It's M A Y E R. And this and there are some of these examples like like the M E Y E R. I mean, I sang the Oscar Mayer song because I mean, who wouldn't? It's America. And I just thought it was M E Y E R. Some of these things, and we'll get into we'll get into some quote unquote examples of the of the Mandela effect that are just examples of alternative spelling. You know, it's whatever. But uh, that one, I think, I think that one is legit. I think everyone oh. would assume it's it's M E Y E R because it's it's not Oscar Mayer, it's Oscar Meyer. Yeah, that's that is true, and that's what I think. Part of it is how things are pronounced, yeah. as we will continue to see. As we go through yeah. uh, a list here. All right. How about this, Flora? What about the Monopoly guy? What about him? Well, he is uh, rich. 
He's got bags yeah. of money. Uh-huh. And and even in the movie Ace Ventura Pet <laughs> Detective 2 when nature calls, he has a monocle. Oh. So, that's pretty much uh, gospel, right? Wrong. The Monopoly man has no monocle and it's his name isn't even the Monopoly man. Nothing you know is true anymore. <laughs> Down is up, sideways is no longer left. And uh, so don't forget to hit the donate button. We're out. <laughs> yeah, no, no monocle on him. Although he did have the top hat. Yep. Um, and he did smoke a cigar in one of the. You know, it's funny because I went through and I looked at the chance cards. I looked at the community chest cards just to to double check because I I thought that at least one of them had him in a monocle. You know how they've got like baby contest and he's like he's got a baby or something like I thought it was one of the cards where he he just put on a monocle for the card. Nope, no monocle in any in any of the cards. Nope. He is uh he his eyesight is a is a crisp 2020. Yeah, and I do like that Ace Ventura when they had to make a monopoly guy joke, they gave the guy a monocle because they also I- thought he had one. How's that for tying it together? Huh? I, don't, yeah. I don't yeah. Huh? I'm starting to starting to question everything. You like candy bars? I love candy bars. You like Kit Kats? Of course I like Kit Kats. How has your Kit Kit Kat been? With a dash or without? I always Kit assume, Dash Cat? I've always assumed it was Kit Dash Cat. Kit Kat, because it said Kit Kat, not Kit <sighs> Cat. Like the way you normally speak when there's two words that don't have a hyphen. Then then you've been saying it wrong this whole time. Son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> you should have been going to the store being like, I'll have a whatchamacallit, a zagnut, and a kit <sighs> cat. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. It'll be a lot of work to find a zagnut. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, you want a little bite? Yeah, Kit Kat does not have a dash. Now, if you picture the package of a Kit Kat, it's it's pretty easy to picture a dash in there, right? Yeah, but it's not there in your mind. But it's it's take that dash out, man. Yeah. All right. Here's another one from a nerds out there. C three PO, right? Human cyborg relations, fluent in over six million forms of a communication. His right leg is silver from the knee down, and no one has ever fucking noticed. <laughs> It's a it's a weird uh, detail to be sure. I looked up movie frames. Yeah, it it is like it's hard to tell when he's in the desert and the reflection is kind of a golden color anyway. Mm-hmm. None of the action figures and and most of the other stuff for C three PO does not have uh the the silver, silver leg. leg. Yeah, yeah. And and I'll even I'm gonna go one deeper on you because I recall there are. There is a group, and I'm not saying this is common. There is a group of malcontents in the world that that believe it's CP3O. Oh, my. Yeah, those people are just fucking wrong. But I respect their right to, uh, you know. <laughs> to eat what they want. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, this is one that's brought up. Darth Vader's famous line. Luke, I am your father. That's impossible! Look inside yourself. No. You know it to be true. <laughs> Luke, stop being a whiny little douchebag. 
Get up here. That's <laughs> all he does at that point is just sneers. Luke, and... I swear to God, I hate it when you do that. You're not my real father. Ben Kenobi was going to take me to Tashi's station. Yeah, no, it was no, I am your father. Not Luke, I am your father. Well, and there's, because there's also, what is it, the, the fact that um, Humphrey Bogart never said play it again, Sam in Casablanca. Right. People think he did, but he didn't. Never happened. And also, it wasn't, get to the chopper. It was, get to our chopper. Really? No, no, that's not <laughs> true. Oh, okay. I was like, I mean, you could have, that's the thing. You could have had me with this. And some of these things, Man, some of these are, how easy it is. Some of these things are like tiny little just truncations or changes and things. You know, it's not like anyone has ever been like, Kit Kat, how the f do I spell that? Right. But some things are significantly bigger. Uh, take, for example, um, there is a very common belief that in the 90s, the comedian Sinbad was in a movie in which he played a genie called Shazam. And I mean, to the point where people have described the movie. I have saw the movie. I used to own it. This movie never existed. It doesn't exist, and it never did. But no. people are insisting. Now, there was a movie with Shaq called Kazam. But the a reason, genie movie. Yeah, where, where Shaq played a genie. The reason we know that's not it is because fucking no one saw that movie. <laughs> ever. Even the people who quote-unquote saw it walked out of the movie muttering to themselves, what just happened to 90 Minutes? That's a, that's a big one now. I would say the biggest one. Yeah. The biggest one out there is the Berenstein Bears. Yeah. I don't know how how prevalent this it's uh the this cartoon was. It was a a group, it was a family of uh bears. It was a cartoon. It was a family of bears. I think they were like country bears and the you know, it was all the hijinks they got up to. Yeah. I know I had uh books uh with them and I don't know if I had any videos of it, but the, I saw today they're playing cartoons of it. I was flipping through the TV. Sweet. So they're still they're still out, out and about. Now, everybody says they remember this being spelled Berenstein with an S-T-E-I-N. Yeah. Which some people may have said Berenstein. That's fine. Or Berenstein's monster is really... More accurate. That was the Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, and this is this is one of the biggest, like, quote-unquote proofs of the Mandela effect. It was actually Berenstain Bears. S-T-A-I-N. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. <laughs> Agreed! Sorry, Berenstain family, but if you've got stain in your name, it... it it yeah. sucks. I'm sorry. It implies that you didn't make it to the bathroom in time. <laughs> so people have, have actually pointed out there are some examples of old older um, objects being spelled the way you would think it would be spelled with an S-T-E-I-N. Mm -hmm. um, they, uh, there's, a, I guess, a TV guide out there that people have uh, taken a picture of that has it listed as E-I-N. There's a VHS tape that um, someone took a picture of. They went out and dug it out, and it had E-I-N. And they're like, no, look. This used to be spelled this way. Yeah. 
this is how everybody pronounces it. This is how everybody knows it. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's saying it's A-I-N and it's stain. That's not right. Something is weird. Something is wrong. And that's that's the crux of this whole phenomenon. Yeah. That, that's something like, how? why did they change it? When did they change it? Because I know damn good and well it used to be this way, and now it's this way? Yeah, and who did the changing? Yeah. Or how did it change? Like, and, and a lot of this stuff isn't Photoshopped, according to people who would definitely call it out as Photoshop if it were. Some other big, I mean, I'm going to link to a list in the show notes. There's a ton of these, like, lines, movie lines that, that aren't the way you know them. Uh, life is like a box of chocolates. No, it's actually life was like a box of chocolates. Hannibal Lecter never said hello, Clarice. He said good morning. Well, they, the two sound so much alike. What's the difference? Well, that I attribute to the movie The Cable Guy. Do you remember when oh, yeah. Jim Carrey puts the meat on his face and he's like, hello, Clarice. It's lovely to see you again. <laughs> Silence. I think of that's where the that comes from. Cable Guy, yeah. underrated movie. Oh my God, it's one of one of Jim Carrey's best. So, here's here's some other kind of weird ones. Like, I, I'm gonna, I'm trying to save, trying to save my opinion. <laughs> Try harder. Oh, you're <laughs> you're right. You're right. Here's a big one. There was apparently an island off the western coast of Australia. That was roughly the size of South Africa. A huge island is said to have been wiped off of the map, all maps, and is part of some weird cover-up or or shifting reality. Yeah. The proof of this is shown in the movie Dazed and Confused in a scene where two girls are spinning a globe. And you can find this on YouTube. Yeah, if you, I, you know it. what? I, I love this already because I, I had never heard of this before yeah. this moment. And so while you were talking, I just brought it up and I already have the answer for you without even, I just saw the picture done. I've solved it instantly. So in this movie frame, when you slow it down, you can see a mass that's indicated to the left of Australia on the globe there. Uh, some tie it into the lost continent of Lemuria, or maybe the missing Malaysian plane, the one that went down, disappeared mm-hmm. just a few years ago, a, a year, two years, whatever it is. What? How, how did you solve it, Dave? What is it? Uh, because, I mean, I used to have a globe in my house when I was a kid. It's where they put the legend on the globe, or sometimes the manufacturer. It's a little seal. It's a little coat of arms thing. And it's like, oh, Rand McNally, purveyor of globes. Here's distance equals to this. And, you know, blah, 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 bling, blah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you want to buy into that bullshit, well, dude. Uh, we, that's exactly what we're saying, Flora. If we don't, the NWO checks stop showing up. I'll, I'll make sure to edit that. Good, good. Yeah, cut that out. So... Because if we if we are late, if we get our, our shipment of monoatomic gold late, I'm going to be in real deep shit with the saurians or the reptiloids <laughs> or the graboids. Well, which one is it? Which I, one is it? I owe all of them, okay? <laughs> I play in a very high stakes game of super poker, which is a game, that, <laughs> which is a game we don't even let the common people know about. It's only for the elites. It's just called super poker. <laughs> Well, we're very rich. We're just not creative. 
you uh you know those those globes are also like it's a um a paper paper like covering on there yeah uh who's to say it wasn't just a scuff or or you know some 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 little piece got ripped off or i don't know i've seen it happen i just love that someone was looking for their geography cues from dazed and confused actually no i that doesn't surprise me one bit because people get high as and watch that movie and that's exactly somebody gets up to take a leak they pause it and everyone's like wait what (laughs) yeah this is true here's another one the portrait of henry the eighth used to have him eating a turkey leg in it where's the turkey leg yeah that's the best part it's gone yeah, it's like what is what what is he holding? A glove? Not a turkey leg. A little tiny like a stoat. Oh, it is a glove. Unimpressed. Another one. People say used to be fifty one or fifty two states. Now I'll say this. I kind of fell for that when we were doing research for this and it was like, how many states are there? And it said it was like, oh, there are fifty two states. And I was like, eh, seems right. Then I was like, wait, wait a minute. And then it turns out there are only 50 states. But I, I absolutely, and I'll tell you what, we're going to come back around when we get to some explanations here. But I think for that one, I think I know why I fell for it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's ways to um, finagle that one, but uh, it, it surprises me any red-blooded American wouldn't immediately say 50 states, just like the number of stars on Old Glory. Yeah. And if you're wondering, no, those colors don't run. And the last one, the Bibble, uh-huh. the old Holly Bibble, a lot of things are, are getting changed in scripture. It doesn't say a lion lays down with the lamb. It says a wolf will lay down with lamb, with hmm. a lamb. Uh, it doesn't say in Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth. It says heaven and the earth. Uh, the word stuff apparently replacing other words. <laughs> Uh, be kind to each other and stuff for, for God so loved the earth that he gave his only begotten son that though that whosoever should would believe would have everlasting life and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Thou shalt not do stuff. Uh, (laughs) Hear the words of the man with the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan holds his throne and stuff. <laughs> yes. I like a, Jesus wept and stuff. <laughs> Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth and, and stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um uh the word scrolls changed to book, but that's that really sticks in some people's crawl. Here's a fun one, revelations, not revelation. That has been changed to revelation. So, like, S's being taken off of things is, yeah. a, is a big it, sticky point. It was always the book of Revelation. Well. According to I, me and my NWO-funded idiocy. I'd be happy to come back to any and all of these when we, when we come back to them. Yeah. But it all boils down to this. The reality that we know is changing and possibly under attack. Not all these theories fit together, but some do. So, I'll, I'll hit some of them. One theory of why this stuff is happening is the devil. <laughs> That's the sound the devil makes. Ba-dun. The devil Ba-dun. sounds. Ba-dun. 
The devil also sounds dangerously like a bottle of tequila on an intercept course with your life. That's that's true. I thought it was just Ozzy. Yeah, the great deceiver subtly changing facts as we know them to sow discord. The Berenstain Wars claimed many a believer. He can't change the word of God itself, but he can influence translators to change it. Tricky, tricky, El Diablo. How about old classic Illuminati-esque mind control? Shadowy elites who are in power and want to stay that way are implanting false memories and controlling the public without our knowledge. Yep. A la MKUltra. This this could be a topic for Mind Control 2.0 in a way, but uh, the point is, you know, the, the, the haves... The the point oh one percent of the point oh one percent are are shooting them false memories into <laughs> That's us. That's what they do. How about uh, this is a this is another thing we've touched on, and I think we mentioned that uh, a glitch in the matrix. We're living in a simulation, and these Mandela effect examples are mm-hmm. glitches that are stacking up to prove we're not real, or that reality is not real as we know it. Yeah. So these are little deja vus, but not deja vu. It's it's memory. Yeah, just bad pieces of code. Yeah, yeah. I, and we we certainly went over that in the uh, the reality episode as well. A couple more here for you for some of the weirder theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me. You know, it's time for this. Mm-hmm. We're all going through a spiritual awakening. I feel like we're doing whatever the most furthest polar opposite it is of that, but sure, let's let's keep playing. I'll put a I'll put a nickel in this jukebox. <laughs> the thought that we as a species are beginning to open up to knowledge heretofore unattainable. Oh. Um one tie-in is the work of Terence McKenna, who we haven't talked a lot about, but has a lot of stuff that we probably I'll, it would fit, it would have fit to look right, into it, right in an episode. I feel like I've talked about him not at all because I don't know who he is. Oh, okay. Well, uh, he had this thing called a time wave zero theory, which states that time is spiraling towards a singularity where all possibilities become condensed into one reality. He said these changes would mirror current events with past events in a cyclic manner causing them to repeat over and over again, but on a shorter cycle each time until the singularity is met. As this happens, we become more aware of it, and according to the theory, on December 21st, 2012, we were in the unique position in time where we experienced maximum novelty, which, in other words, is maximum potential for change. Not since the birth of our universe has this happened. Mm -hmm. What followed this date is something that we can't imagine. Could it be these changes that we're seeing? So like on that date, we, if, if the, 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 uh, the, the reality as we understand it changed in only the most trivial of ways. Starting to. Okay. So this is maybe the beginning of a, of a grand unraveling. Yes. And if it goes towards what McKenna was saying with time wave zero, keep in mind, this isn't us tying this in <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> into the Mandela effect. This this is what someone has said. You know what? This sounds like it's time wave zero. It would be all all realities are going to start happening all at once. 
Okay. And until all of reality is is one in a singularity. And all of reality is not currently one. Y- yeah, because this is uh, we're in multiple realities. This would this would be, I guess, uh, the multiverse theory. Sure. Well, and we'll we'll get into that in a second here. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to talk about it. Period. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to talk about it without talking about a couple of different sections of this. So let's just move on for now. Maybe we, you know, like. I, I think Terrence McKenna should be on our medium list. <laughs> okay. But let's move on to CERN. CERN. This, this is my last one for the out there theories. Some people say this only started happening when the particle accelerator got turned on at CERN. Love it. Absolutely. Sure. Evil scientists are ripping holes in the fabric of reality, and quantum physics supports this theory. That's what they say. Yeah. The infinite multiverse is bleeding through, causing alternate histories and morphing objects in our possession to become one letter off from what we know. Ways to tell if you're part of a bleeding multiverse, Dave. Wait, wait. Can you you do this like Jeff Foxworthy? You may be part of a bleeding multiverse. Ways to tell if you're part of a... (laughs) God, I can't... Oh, how irritating. Markedly different childhood memories from your siblings. Spontaneous or speedy healing from illness or injury. Hmm. Different movie dialogue, writing in books, product names, song lyrics, TV shows, and celebrities alive again after being reported dead and time speeding up. Yeah. uh, (laughs) If if what you thought is an hour is only 15 minutes at the DMV, you might be in a bleeding multiverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's 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 jump on this then. This is this is a good that's a good bleed point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. the conspiracy oh, yeah, yeah. theories to the uh, to the scientific part of it. Um so there are, you know, in the realm of of uh, physics and quantum mechanics, a couple of different options here that kind of I don't know. I guess might to some degree or another fit the bill. Um, the first being uh, quantum effects. Now we've talked about this kind of stuff on this podcast a bazillion times. And most importantly being um, the fact that an electron and some other particles seem to interact with themselves in multiple positions. So an, an electron, we've said this again a billion times, if you shoot one electron at a time through what's called a diffraction pattern experiment, it will behave as though it is interacting with other electrons. It's, but it isn't. It's just by itself. And so one of, these, one of the interpretations of this is that the electron is interacting with itself from other parallel worlds. Or that the, uh, the electron itself is actually just bipping and bopping between these two realities and interacting with itself uh, as it goes. Um, I mean, heck, there's even a theory that there's only one electron in the entire universe and it is untethered by time and it just goes back and forth occupying every space possible. Um, but in this particular theory, the, is, it, is it is extended that these particles, for example, electrons, which uh, you know your your body uses uh, to store information for for neural impulses and things like that is borrowing information from these parallel worlds um, because we 
We have some good ideas on how memories are formed, but we're certainly a far cry from having it locked down. And so there's a suggestion that even the basis of human biological memory would be a form of quantum computing. Hmm. That we're able to store as much data as we do because it's actually spread out, not necessarily entirely through our universe as we know it. Again, that's pretty far out there, but that's kind of some of the science underneath it. And that's mm-hmm. science with gigantic finger quotes. Um, and there's also, a, we've also discussed this many times, the many worlds theory, which was uh, brought about by Hugh Everett III in 1957. And in that theory, so both realities or multiple realities exist in parallel universes. And our good friend Fiona Broom believes that perhaps the memories that we have aren't false or the result of any error, but that people with that memory got, quote, got crossed with our timeline. And so there's... So there are people from another timeline? Or, or those experiences got crossed. So there's someone in the other timeline saying, guys, I'm <laughs> sure it's Oscar Mayer hot dogs. And everyone's like, what the f*** is wrong with you? Oh. Uh, you know, there's... Yeah, so like that we got crossed with a very similar but not quite exact universe. And either those people or the experiences, because in that case... You wouldn't know the difference if you went to bed one night and woke up in a world where seven things are spelled differently and the Berenstain Bears aren't Jewish anymore. Who's to say? <laughs> you wouldn't know. You could go years without figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. And so that's that's kind of some of the, I say the science explanations as far as physics goes, physics goes but that's a pretty short leash as far as the physical experiments, uh, physics experiments go. Um, on the other hand, neuroscience has a lot to say on this subject. Um, and there, in particular, is a really great article about it by a, a woman named Caitlin uh, Ahmad. So to kind of go through the neuroscience of what we currently understand with memory um, is that memory is, is made up of a network of neurons in the brain and they, they store information. So it's, 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 there's not like a one cell that has it. It's, it's these connections between neurons. And so this aggregation would be, quote, you know, the memory. Um, And the physical location of that memory is known as an engram, um, which should be super familiar from all science fiction. And I'm particularly looking at you, Star Trek. Uh, Another phrase for that is the memory trace. Uh, When a memory is initially acquired, uh, it undergoes a process that stabilizes that memory, which is called a consolidation. Uh, and during that, the memory is transferred from temporary storage, um, uh, from temporary storage sites in the brain, such as the hippocampus, to more permanent storage, long-term. That's why you know, there's that difference between short-term memory, long-term memory, is that that memory transfers to the prefrontal cortex. And this process, the weirdest thing is, this process can take anything from a few hours to weeks to even years, and so the previous learning that is related helps to create a larger framework for similar information and uh, memories that are similar in that nature are stored in closer proximity to each other. So there is a a somewhat physical organization to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that framework is known as a schema. Um, There was a study that they did in 2016 that used a functional magnetic resonance imager to show um, where as people spoke these words or thought of these words 
where they were able to kind of determine what part of the brain they were accessing when they did that. Mm-hmm. And they found that similar words are stored together. And they were even able to create what they called a semantic map of language in the human cortex using this. And then further down the line, other studies were able to confirm that this organizational structure wasn't just unique to the one guy they strapped what I imagine to be a very exciting looking helmet to, um, that this, that it's actually very similar between people. I mean, obviously not identical because we don't think identically, but, uh, a similar process is taking place and the organizational ideal is similar between people. Now, when those memories are recalled, the neurons that make up that memory are activated. And what that does is it causes them to, to create more connections, new connections with other neural groups. And so what happens is when you repeatedly access memory, when you study, when you drill, when you do flashcards, you're not necessarily making that one connection stronger, but what you're doing is taking that one memory and giving it more connections to other memories. You're making it easier to access. So rather than you're not building the highway, you're not adding lanes to the highway, you're building more small roads that lead to it. Hmm. If that, I mean, just in general terms there, um, in general terms, like I have something more scientific. Oh, I'm just, I'm just trying to put it in terms you'd understand. No, no, this is terms I understand. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, as you repeatedly access it, it, it increases the amount of connections to other memories. And this, that process is called reconsolidation. So it's that the fact that the more you activate those neurons, the more they seek out more connections and makes it more, uh, uh, easier for you to access that information. Hmm. So that's why, uh, so reconsolidation actually reinforces learning over time through forming these new associations, which brings us to the, where the machine can break down. This, this, this constant growing of association can lead to errors, bad inf- uh, inf- uh, associations can be made between two pieces of information that shouldn't be. So when you think of one thing, something else also comes into it. So here's a great example. Uh, there was a study done on the fact that smash hit musicals, notwithstanding people usually believe that Alexander Hamilton was a former president. I mean, the guys on money, people are familiar with the name. Wrote the Federalist Papers. Yeah. Federal government. <laughs> government of the people. By the people. B-U-Y. By the power vested in me. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton got married to Uncle Sam. Yeah, that's how it worked. Um, but people do believe him to be uh, usually a president. And it's thought that one of the factors of this is that when people are learning uh, you know, when, uh, in the, the big pool of quote unquote founding fathers or something like that, that those connections as they learn about Ale- Alexander Hamilton, that information is stored closely with other old presidents or founding fathers of the country. And so there are associations put between those two in your brain that no one ever actually stated to you, but your brain's associating because those two pieces of information are often accessed together. Yeah. Makes and, sense. Yeah. And so, and, and it's just as easy to say, well, you know, you learn about all that at the same time. No one's really paying attention because that's junior high history and people just, you know, again, were it not for a brilliantly written musicals, uh, you know, people would just let that slide. Um, but the, the cool, they, the neurologists have a cool catchphrase for this. They say that the neurons that fire together, wire together. 
And so your brain will create stronger associations between pieces of information that are regularly accessed simultaneously or, or, or close to each other. Mm. Um, and so this sort of association is, de- is believed by some uh, scientists to be the cause of the Sinbad, Shazam, Kazam, kerfuffle um, that at that time in the 90s, there was a movie called Kazam. It had to right. do with a genie. There's a right. guy named Sinbad whose name is also evocative of, you know, Sin, uh, the, the, uh, Sinbad the Sailor. And, and there's genies involved in that sort of mythology. And at the same time, Sinbad was like at the peak of his career there. That guy was all over sure. the place. And so that information, the theory is that information was commonly accessed simultaneously. When you think mid nineties, you think of that your youth at that time, what did you see? And your brain sort of spins that together a little bit. Uh, sure. So that's, that's one theory on it. Now, another uh, neuroscientific nut shot that your brain likes to take at you is called confabulation. Um, in this one, your memory doesn't necessarily have all the information that you're kind of looking for or that it needs to present a concept or an idea to you. So rather than just stop the the nostalgia train, it guns the engine, screams YOLO, and fills the gaps with whatever it damn well pleases. It literally fabricates and fills in in contextual information just so, so, sorry, the, the film strip you didn't, you wanted isn't available. How about I gave you this instead? We'll just call it the same thing. I'll just scribble out this older uh, title and we'll show you that movie instead. It sounds like um, an algorithm. You know, it's, it's doing the best it can. Oh, you, you looked at dog food on, uh, on Amazon? You might like these products. Leashes, uh, bowls. Sort of. Vid- vid- videos on lion taming (laughs) yeah and this information if your brain doesn't have it it will sometimes fill that in for you and that's why as you said before siblings can have wildly different memories of the Mm -hmm. same event because this confabulation can happen over time and um the more you try to access that memory the more associations it makes the realer it feels the the more you're sure that it happened in a certain manner and yeah. I mean, you could also take this, you know, for maybe a whole nother episode, but think about that sort of memory formation. And if that theory of how it works is correct, imagine someone who starts with a vague feeling that they were abducted and they keep telling that story and they keep, you know, that can become self-enforcing over time. Um, and so this, this ability for, to confabulate details for your brain to fill in gaps, um, is, is a real problem. And you see it most often in people with neurological disorders like stroke, brain injury, Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, uh, things like that. But it also mm. absolutely happens in healthy individuals. Um, and your brain is very susceptible to this. So this is what I was saying about that 52 states. The question that I read said, are there 52 states? And I was like, that sounds right. There was a suggestion in that sentence of what a correct answer would be. Mm. And this is the same reason, uh, you know, that kind of, we get into the area of suggestibility um, and which I'll get to in just one more second. But uh, these, so these errors, these confabulation errors 
are, are thought to increase with age because as you get older, there are also uh, physical changes in your temporal lobe, your hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex, which as we talked about before is sort of the memory highway. It is, mm-hmm. it is, you know, where they're bored and where they move to. And so these, your brain again, already has a lot of tricks like this. For example, your brain shuts off input when your eyes move. So you don't, you don't live in shaky cam world. There are these tiny, uh, nanosecond interruptions to your vision, because when your eyes dart all the way from one side to another, that information, it would, it would be difficult for you to process. So your brain has a lot of tiny little tricks it uses to maintain a consistent view of the world. And, um, and so this is sort of a memory trick as well. When you're missing information, your brain's like, eh, looks pretty good to me. Put this in there. And sometimes yeah. those tiny little things don't, don't, uh, affect your, rec- your recall of a particular moment or time, but sometimes it really does. Your brain really goes off the rails and was like, and there was a clown and it made you eat a whole pie. And that's why you hate blueberries. Good night. <laughs> um, <laughs> More dopamine, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you got you got any more of that uh, dopamine? Yeah. Hey, y'all got any more of that dopamine? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So as I shut said, up, so, brain. So that gets into uh, and so and again, as you as you repeatedly access that memory, it gets reinforced, and so then you get into uh, suggestibility. You can actually uh, corrupt accurate existing memories with false information, um, which everyone knows, you know, you can absolutely have a a story change or you can ask leading questions. That's why lawyers are allowed to object to that. I can't, I can't say, is it, is it true that my, uh, my client has always hated this person and wanted them dead, you know, or (laughs) Uh, objection, your honor. Right. I mean, that honestly, hell if I know that might even be a terrible example, but you can't ask questions that have the answer in the leading questions. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they, you can't badger the witness either. Well, don't badger them. Sometimes I'll allow it. Sometimes (laughs) I'll allow it. Uh, and so even the manner in which a question is asked can really affect the outcome. That's what we talked about that with scientists, you know, like you have to carefully craft questions. Uh, when you're doing polls or you're doing uh, uh, research on people. So making sure that the manner in which the question is asked doesn't skew the answer because people's memories are extraordinarily malleable. And everybody knows, you know, just from watching one episode of law and order, uh, because that's the ultimate repository of knowledge um, that people's memories are garbage. They're terrible at remembering detail. People, uh, uh, the way that your brain encodes information is is absolutely anything but flawless. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get to having a really hard-held belief uh, that that doesn't match with reality. And the fact that people share these common beliefs, like Berenstain, Berenstein, um, Oscar Mayer, Oscar Mayer, like when these things are similar. I feel like it reinforces those neurological explanations because a lot of people's brains are storing things similarly. And so they would make similar errors as a population. You know, part of that too, uh, a lot of these lines, a lot of these movie lines, quotes, mm-hmm. titles of, of things, it's in the way that they are said that gets in the way of, of what they actually, how they're actually written or, 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 spelled 
Uh, and I'm thinking of Sex in the City. Yep. What did I just say? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. You're just talking to somebody about, oh, remember remember Horseface McGee and and uh Carol. Yeah, and and uh and Brun- Brunetsky uh, on Sex in the City. Well, you think it's sex in the city, but it's sex and the city. Yeah. So that's a delightful example of how sometimes nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you another one. Interview with a vampire. Yeah. What did I just say? What did I just say? Well, it should have been interview with the vampire, Flora. Everybody knows. That's Well, that's what I said. Yeah. But I just said it colloquially. <laughs> right. I just said it in my accent. Interview with vampire. Do you know, do you know my, my personal uh, uh, Mandela moment was that I went for years thinking that the main character of Sex and the City was named Carol. <laughs> it's not. Who cares? Right. Like, well, <laughs> uh, the people that I said Carol around cared a lot. They fixed that problem. I, I have a real problem with movie quotes um, and titles and stuff being put into this Mandela effect bucket. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. It is memory recall. You're just wrong, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just, you just, you know, I get movie quotes and TV show quotes wrong all the time because right. that's, yeah, that's just your, that's your right as an American. That's your right as a human damn being. Right. And, and you know what happens? What? You know what happens when I find out that something I was certain of remembering turns out to be false or different? What? I get embarrassed and I accept it. <laughs> I don't double down on my memory and decide it's the universe that's wrong. Oh, so you're a flip-flopper, huh? That's not a knife. This is a knife. Nope. That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> I, I watched that today. It was on TV randomly. Knifey spoony. Knifey spoony. But this I and I'll, I'm just going to I'm just going to blaze the guns here. Blaze I away. think this I think this is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Who would have thought it'd be this one, everybody? Uh, uh, what do you mean, Flora? I think this is perfectly reasonable. What are you talking right. about? Because you you misremembered a line from a movie, suddenly the universe is sliding in and out of parallel dimensions. Like fuck yourself. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Except that you are wrong. Accept it. Also, except that maybe you didn't pay attention when you were a kid. It's okay. It's okay that you didn't know how to spell Berenstein or Berenstain or whatever the kid's book that you're yeah. reading is. Like, I mean, it's not entirely okay because that book was supposed to be teaching you to read. So, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It blows my mind that people have made this a thing. Oh, yeah. You know what? Here's another thing. The like TV guides, the VHS cassettes that have the the pictures of the correct or the incorrect spelling that is. Hey, man, God knows none of us are perfect. This podcast, (laughs) boy, it is exhausting trying to be perfect (laughs) and we cannot do it. Right? Nobody is perfect. People make spelling errors. The fucking TV guide isn't some lofty, infallible thing that should be used as a point of reference for all time. Right. Stop making something out of nothing. <laughs> just stop. Just, just let life be life. Don't try and make it some mystical fucking experience that you figured out. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, Flora. Keep going. <laughs> 
some of the some of the things I I also because I I wanted to boy howdy ugh. ask yourself this: Can it be tested? Is it falsifiable? Yep. Right. This hypothesis relies on untestable or difficult to test assumptions. But memory being unreliable has a well-documented and tested history. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to look for the zebras on this one. The horses have it. And to add to what you were saying, memories can be distorted by any number of factors, including bias, association, imagination, and peer pressure. Uh, in fact, if you, if you want to read something detailed about it, read The Seven Sins of Memory by cognitive scientist Daniel Schachter. It talks about all the different ways that somebody's memory can be corrupted, like you were saying. Yeah. Most of the articles that I read that promote this as some profound dimensional shift like to say that everyone is suddenly noticing these changes together. And I disagree with that. Uh, I think I think the internet helps a lot of people share similar thoughts yep. and bring up de- detailed points that somebody that you wouldn't think of randomly. Who the, are you going to fucking sit there and think of uh, how Oscar Mayer is spelled? No. <laughs> who, who does that? <laughs> but if you're seeing it like a, a few people sharing it on Facebook, like this just blew my mind. I I never knew this. It's spelled this way. Then you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. I guess that is weird. That because it's pronounced my. It doesn't mean that the universe is shifting into another state of fucking matter or something, right? (laughs) Am I I crazy? (laughs) Have I just gaslit myself? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is awesome. I... Oh man, I didn't think it would. I would have not put my money on this to be the one to set you off, but I'm glad it did. I am deeply glad it did. Telling a room full of people to think of an elephant doesn't mean the elephant dimension is upon us because everybody has the same thought, right? I don't know. Tell me you more do about, know. Tell me more about this we elephant all know. dimension. It's testable. <laughs> so now I'm thinking about the elephant dimension. I also noticed that a lot of uh, name dropping and base theoretical physics are thrown around as if the mere words hold all the ex- explanation necessary to the argument. Well, that's why everyone says everything is quantum horse because, you know, right. no one's going to. Yeah, that because that, that. it's 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 the cutting edge and nobody knows about it. Yep. Fully. So, so it's, way, a, it's a convenient excuse. Yeah, because you can sound smart, but not really ever have to be responsible for what you're saying. I think it's silly to think anybody would know the signs of multiverses overlapping. Yeah. You're literally making up the rules and then yelling about how they're not being followed. You're, you're making it up as you go along. Well, that and you are like, making up yeah. the rules. If the, you're if, making them up. If the boundaries of our reality are thin and permeable, I promise the first most notable effect will not be the spelling of a family of anthropomorphized bears <laughs> on a children's book. One letter, dude. One letter. Yeah, that is not the canary in our reality's coal mine. I mean, if if, if things quote-unquote change, why would some things change and not others? Here, like, the Berenstein Bears books change, but not those old video cassettes or the TV guide? Why, why, why not? Why, well, why wouldn't those, why wouldn't everything change? The Matrix. Why, go, 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 go. New world order. Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I saw one video where a guy like pulls out this bath set of uh-huh. like sex in the city stuff, and it's all like sex in the city, I in oh, instead yeah. of sex and the city. And and he's like, it's it's irrefutable proof of it. No, it's not. It's, Maybe it, that's it's, a knockoff. I was gonna say it's irrefutable proof of a knockoff. Yeah, it's a knockoff brand. Somebody's selling so they don't get in trouble because they don't have the license. <laughs> like, think. Uh, yeah, I it, it's this one is just ridiculous. I appreciate the idea of like thinking mult. There are multi <laughs> multiple universes, and maybe they're touching here and there. It's it's got to be more profound than that. I would hope so, but, but maybe not. Yeah, you know how, why? How, because I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. How glorious would it be if there was something that fundamental happening, and this is exactly how it makes itself known? You know what? It will will add a hat to the plate for when the kin trails get real. I could have I could have sworn this Bed Bath and Beyond coupon for twenty percent off didn't expire till next Tuesday. Clearly, the laws of reality are shifting around me. Absolutely, <laughs> I am part of some sort of multi-dimensional energy exchange transfer that is keeping me from saving 20% off these linens and other things. Clearly, the beyond has gotten out of control. To which her friend says, well, I told you, they, they'll always just honor the coupon. It doesn't matter if it's expired. That's not the point. The, we nope. are living in a vortex of misunderstood interdimensional reality energies. And also, what? how do you spell that book that your child wants? You must gird your mental loins oh. against what the devil is trying to do to us. Brain loins. Brain loins. <laughs> Oh the god. The new book by Blurry Photos. Yeah. Flora, let's 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 wrap this up before you pop a brain loin here. You're right. Yeah. I I might. I might pop a, a brain loin. <laughs> my loins. <laughs> oh, ah, my brain loins. You know what? We could spend an episode going through each of these and talking about how stupid they are. That's what saying, I love about this podcast. We will. Saying no, you just don't remember the line to that movie correctly. Yeah. It's, Stop it. It's, it's just a common mistake. It's that's, mistakes. Yeah, that's what I understand. Is like, what's the difference between a common mistake and a Mandela effect for the ages? <laughs> I don't know. There is none. Yeah. I guess There's there, none. There you go. Short answer. Just take responsibility, people. Own up to the fact that you may have been mistaken. Yeah. That, this is a problem these days. This is a problem, and I think that the social culture that is growing out of the internet makes it worse that people cannot admit to fault. Everybody is under pressure to be perfect all the time. You cannot admit to, uh, to fault, or you're going to be ridiculed. Nobody wants that. So nobody wants to be wrong about anything. <laughs> I would love, like, what if, what if, uh, do, you, do you think that this all started with one guy, uh, the first guy that ever said, uh, it's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. And that was like the tiny little pebble that started the entire. The, the butterfly wing. Yeah. Yeah. Flap that caused the tsunami of dipshits. Man. Take responsibility, accept that you could have made a mistake, move on, and have fucking manners. Don't be an asshole to people. Right. It just, it snowballs. 
don't give in to this stupid ass social milieu that's that's <laughs> happening right now where everybody's a dick to each other because it's all anonymous. Oh, that's the beauty of it. That's why people are like that. But the good news is that uh, uh, uh no, though I was wrong. There is no good news. <laughs> There's no good news. Don't be a dick to people, man. Yeah. If somebody makes a mistake, hey, Shake your damn head and move on. <laughs> that's all it takes. That's all That's all you need to do. <laughs> I don't know. This Ma- old Mandela's corner is what this has turned into. <laughs> yeah. Old Mandela. Old man. I'm old Mandela. <laughs> You're old man Flores. <laughs> and you I are, want and you I to get it. off my golden dawn. <laughs> <laughs> nice bookend, sir. Put it in a nutshell. Right. That's, that's the Mandela effect in a really stupid... But memorable, no, not unmemorable nutshell. Cranky old n- nutshell. I love it. I, it's just so dumb. Look, here's a here, good news, Flora. To re recalibrate your idiocy meter, there's only there's there's something dumber than the Mandela effect. What's that? And it's my it's my puns. It's my oh. puns. It's my puns. <laughs> uh, so there is a. Uh, there's a psychological thing that happens where um, people will remember like a family picnic or maybe like a Christmas morning from years and years ago. But for some reason, there's like a really hairy chested, muscular guy with a beard in there. And he's just, you know, either he's chopping a log or maybe just lifting some free weights. And it changes, you know, people. You know, like they look at videos or something of that time and he's not there, but people remember him. It's called the Manfella effect. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the Broenstein bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been good too. Uh, well, I've got a, a strange phenomenon that people are experiencing, whether sandwiches and desserts are suddenly being made with delicious hazelnut cocoa spread. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's the Nutella effect. Nice. I like that. So did you hear that uh, REI uh, has a, a big sale on uh, winter clothing that's weatherproof? Um, and the thing is this, they want to make sure you remember to shop at REI. Um, and that's the thing with their advertising campaign. They want to make sure that when people think outdoor clothing, they think this store. And so they're offering free frontal Gore-Tex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a um, there's a term for when someone falsely recalls a SETI eel being implanted in their brain by a genius augmented villain. Whoa! It's confabulation. <laughs> Con! Oh, that's <laughs> glorious. And also, them's puns. <laughs> you know what's gonna you know you know what's gonna calm you down, Flora is. It's time for other people to rant now. It's their oh, yeah? term. Yeah. Because uh, the only thing that's going to outrant you, Flora, is listener mail. <laughs> you go first. All right. Oh, let's see what we got here. Uh, this first one here is from Archaeologist. Archaeologist. Uh, glad to see you survived the live stream. Thanks for putting out the ar- archives on another feed, which I try to throw out there when I can. Mm-hmm. 
Also, I started laughing so hard through the GMO episode, I had to switch to a different podcast, and I blame you two for all the strange looks I received. Since the episode is old, it made me curious, what do you think of the new lab-grown meats that are being developed? I would love to eat a box of lab meat. I assume it comes in a box. I'm fine with it. I don't think it would taste good, or it would be my mental hang-up that it wouldn't taste good, you know what I mean? Knowing that it was lab meat, but... um, I'm all for trying it. I, I don't have anything against lab yeah. meat. I'd eat, I'd eat a lab burger. Lab burger. Lab burger. Lab burger. Oh, this is, geez, man. Like, we don't, I, I didn't even read this part of it when I was picking the emails. Uh-huh. This is, this is how kind of uh, Carl Jungy synchronistic this is. First of all, this was an old penalty box for uh, the Brontosaurus yeah. stuff. But... On a related note, some rumors started to circulate recently from several people reporting that they remembered that in the early 80s, a sauropod dinosaur was discovered and killed in Africa, despite no newspapers or records having actually been published of this. Similar experiences were then reported, some of which involved a pterosaur in America, a manuscript that uh, people thought had a slightly different title, and misidentified actors in obscure movies. This false cryptid memory phenomena was dubbed the Mandela and Bebe effect. <laughs> That's pretty fucking great. That's a right? great pun. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that weird, though, that this happened to be on... I swear to everybody, I did not pick it that way. Just, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> some, sometimes it happens. Uh, before I go, some not-so-superpowers. The ability to change any traffic light to green, but only if the driver in front of you is staring at their phone. The ability to instantly teleport anywhere in the world, but you have no control over when or how often you teleport. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's going to make going to the bathroom just terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Archaeologist. Thanks, Archaeologist. You know, um, uh, I went for a a hike with Kim uh, this last weekend, and we were discussing, I thought of another, it's not a, a not so superpower. I think it's still a superpower. But imagine this. Imagine you grew up. Actually, maybe this this also fits a little bit with the theme <laughs> of the episode. You grew up, but you had a knowledge. So you're living in our our universe, right? But you also you have a knowledge of all the other parallel universes, music and movies and TV shows as though you grew up in them. But these would be bands and that never got their break in this world or movies that never got produced in this world. Because, you know, I mean, there, there's probably bands that made the, the Beatles sound like Hoobastank. I don't know. <laughs> that just never got their chance. I, don't, I can't believe I pulled the phrase Hoobastank out. That was weird. But Hey, man. You who was got me through some tough times. <laughs> got me through some shit. But my point is this: so you, if you, if you, if you knew, so it's like at first I was just in my own head as I thought of this, like it's like the ultimate hipster, like all the bands I I'm into literally never existed here. <laughs> but yeah. but then, I mean, you would actually know all these hit songs and stories and book ideas that no one else <laughs> knows. And so it's like you could either try to write them yourself or you could try to find those people and get them a break, try to get them to make it. You know, like, I don't know. That's what we spent our hike talking about is how that would affect (laughs) your life. So Uh. neither here nor there. I got an email from Bombardier. 
Uh, Palmadier's got a pun for us. Uh, you must have missed this in your research, however. A group of researchers attempted to get evidence of a large sauropod rumored to be living in the Congo by setting a trap intended to use TNT to kill the beast. The trap went off successfully, but the animal escaped injured but alive. Experts say thereafter the creature was a was living dinosaur. Ouch. Ouch. Thanks, Bombardier. That was glorious. Heard from California Condor. Ooh, caca. <laughs> Recent listener, first time writing in. Uh, first, I'm going to have to address the elephant in the room. Don't do that. Yeah. Then it might be now we're uh, all the thinking elephant about dimension. It. Now we're all thinking about it. <laughs> Every 4th of July, we travel to my uncle's house in Denver and get wasted and shoot off wildly illegal fireworks for America. It's a public service, really. During one particular year, it was established that we needed someone on the roof of the house to keep a lookout for the caps. In my inebriated state, I volunteered and also came up with a crap superhero name to go with uh, sitting on the roof and yelling out to the revelers below, much like the majestic condor does on high cliffs to hikers in California's national parks. Her name, California Condor. Caca! She also insists you call her California Condor, Caca! not her real name, because she's super serious about being a super lookout. Nice. We later determined that a drunk fool on a rooftop with fireworks shooting off right next to it was not a good idea, but the superhero name still stuck. It's a good origin story. Uh, she apparently uh, lives only a couple blocks from the Winchester Mystery House and uh, thought about writing a little PSA to all those who are thinking about coming and visiting uh, the house in San Jose. Uh-huh. Like most historical spooky spots, this one was built out in the middle of nowhere, but is now surrounded by the ever-growing population of San Jose. It's sandwiched between a freeway and an old movie theater, and across the street is a giant fancy mall. The current caretakers are also very stingy with how much you can see of the property without having having to pay money, so they have to build up fencing and tall shrubbery to block your view of the house from the road. The tour tickets are also expensive, and the tour is really short, so it's kind of a bust. However, they do some really cool Halloween flashlight tours, and they have a garden maze that they go all out on during October, and all the locals really like to visit the house during that time of the year. I even applied to work at the house, but somehow I wasn't the best applicant. Maybe I should have told them about the fireworks show. Yeah. Uh, Side note, we also have a plenty of the older beer that is brewed here locally by Russian River Brewing Company. It's pretty rare to find, and a lot of people drive up to the brewery once a year to grab a few bottles for them and their friends. We use the Steconian pronunciation of Pliny, but hey, you do. Uh, it's Pliny, dude. Hey, uh, who wrote that email? California Condor. Caca! Thanks, California Condor. Caca! Caca! You have to say it every time. Got an email from Galen. Uh, Galen writes, Dave and David. David and Dave, however we like it. Uh, just, just recently, my youngest son was admitted to the hospital to treat a rather severe case of Henoch-Schloline purpurea, or HSP for the more pronounceable people. It was quite a scary ordeal due to its rarity and visible symptoms. Google it. All right, fine. Thank you so much. You are not the bullies of me. Purpurea is never good. I know that. I know that I'm going to see some shit right now. Yeah, there we go. A lot of red, a lot of red spots. Uh, during our stay, we received the usual rounds of Get Better Soon, Stuffed Animals and Emotional Support. Uh, my mother, a health uh, slash homeopathic medicine nut, sent me an article regarding colloidal silver and the risks of vaccines. Well, she loves her family. Uh, the article talked about Alexander the Great, government cover-ups, colloidal silver curing polio, and the FDA's ban on colloidal silver as a treatment method for ailments. 
My response was a loud chortle in the midst of what was a serious situation. And I couldn't help but think of you guys and all the times colloidal silver is referenced. <laughs> Do you have an episode talking about the history of colloidal silver? And are you planning one? We don't. But I know who we does. Don't. The swell folks over at Rumor Flies, we teamed up to uh, go. Did we, we did do colloidal silver on that, right? I mean, man. I feel, I feel like we did. Memor- memory, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure we did colloidal silver on there because we went through a lot of Alex Jones' uh, most popular we, products. We did. And it, I, yeah. And I think, uh, I think it was on their side of it. I think they did colloidal silver. Okay. So, yeah, I would check there first. And if we're wrong, I don't know. Uh, my son's HSP was addressed with an overnight stay in the pediatrics ward and with a few rounds of steroids. Awesome. Low risk mm-hmm. of it ever happening again. Also awesome. I'm glad to hear that. They awesome missed. Uh, I'd love to share your thoughts to my mother on this topic. Sorry, mom. I love you, but I'm not giving my six-year-old colloidal silver. Thanks for the humor, Galen. No, good choice there. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is- Give is him that, lung cleanse instead. <laughs> is that silver does have- uh, because of its physical structure, some antibiotic uh, properties, but it's also very dangerous in people at high doses. You can look that up. Look up silver poisoning. It's fascinating. People turn, people blue, turn blue and they stay blue. That shit never comes out. So uh, on the other hand, if you love your family and you hate Chobani yogurt, <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, Chobani. Thanks, Galen. <laughs> Thank you, Galen. Glad to hear your son's okay. Got one here from Nicholas's Flannel. Oh, I get it. A fairly new listener. Crawling backwards down the stairs of your archives like a good old in need of an exorcist. Love it. (laughs) I haven't gotten far enough to know just what the f*** a devil baby is. Well, I can tell you right off the bat, it's not. It's a devil baby. But I want to let you know you've officially stolen me from Mysterious Universe. (laughs) And we're never giving you back. I have a company that would love to sponsor your podcast. Do you ever get fed up with fools, ghouls, and geists rustling your jimmies just because they don't like the cut of your jib? Well, come on down to Jim Joe's Uncut Jibs and get a fresh new jib. Jim Joe's Uncut Jibs are all natural, vegan-free, and gluten-friendly, and will protect your jimmies from mild to moderate rustlings. <laughs> Jim Joe's Uncut Jibs. Cut a new jib. They're also hiring, Dave, just in case you want to get a Jim Joe's Uncut Jib job. <laughs> I do want an Uncut Jib job. <laughs> thank you nicholas's flannel yeah thank you so much we appreciate that all right one more email from the shop quill look out uh recently discovered your podcast and i went through everything that was available on the app and in about a month and a half whew, that's tough duty nice. and nice. i'm currently powering through your archives you guys really uh helped keep me sane during the numerous long car drives and one grueling move so thank you well, thank oh, you good yeah. uh, i noticed that one of your neighbor podcasts in the dark mix collective astonishing legends uh actually covers quite a few of the topics that you yourselves have investigated i was wondering if you knew all th- if you knew them at all and if there would ever be a collaborative effort i think it would be fun to hear the four of you together flora you're the you're the you're the, you're, the, you're the elder statesman of this podcast I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Wink. Right? Yeah. Sounds sounds brilliant. Thanks for suggesting that, Sharp Quill. Wink. California uh, Condor. Caw-caw. <laughs> Stay on your toes. <laughs> Sharp Quill goes on. Uh, puns are definitely not my forte, but I had one that popped into my head during your Illuminati podcast, and I think it's just cringeworthy enough to work. I like what I'm hearing. 
It might be a reach, but here it goes. There's a little-known mythological figure among the 1%. His presence foretells of horrible financial catastrophes and is an omen of hard times on Wall Street. While his child's family is more famous uh, for being one of the elite families to run the New World Order, his name is still whispered among the wealthiest with dread. He's the Rothsman. <laughs> Rothsman. <laughs> I like that. Thanks for the laughs and the knowledge. Shop Quill! And thank all of you for writing in. And thank you also for your continued suggestions on how to handle listener mail going forward. So keep those coming in. We, we haven't landed on an answer with that yet. So uh, we do really appreciate that. And uh, while you're at it, uh, thank you so much for your likes on Facebook. Uh, keep piling those on so we can bury the 18th Hildo and, be, and continue our unstoppable march to the 20th Hildo. My God. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, that means a lot to us. Follow us on Twitter. We are blurry underscore photos. Also follow the elegant ladies of candy chat. That's at candy chatters on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to visit, uh, we're at patreon.com slash blurry photos. Uh, you can help support the podcast and get a whole bunch of cool stuff for yourself. Uh, if that's not your style, there's always a donate button. You know, no big deal. Maybe you like audiobooks. Audibletrial.com slash blurry photos will get you one of those. And as always, don't forget to check out the other podcasts of the glorious Chicago Podcast Cooperative, a ragtag fugitive fleet of podcasts on the run from Cylons and other science fiction menaces. What's, what's the name of one of them, Dave? Oh, that's easy. How about Blastro Podcast with our friend Dark Mark Soloff, who's the roommate of the very talented Belor- <laughs> Dottori Belordo. Correct. Well done. You passed yeah. this test. Uh, don't forget to vote uh, for the, the reader. There's links on our, on our uh, Facebook page, on our Twitter account. We've got links from hell to breakfast. Just yeah. vote for us. And- and if you can't find it, send us a Facebook message. We will help you. If you have yeah. any trouble voting, send us a Facebook message. We'll help you vote. Tell everyone. Send tell, us tell. Your, your email address and the password. We'll log in and take care of it for you. We don't even need your password. Yeah. It doesn't even, you just set up an account and, <laughs> and you're done. Yeah, it's super easy. Need all the votes we can get. Help As us take always. down the man. All this and more next time on Blurry Photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fixed it. Yep, I think that's it. I think uh, that's all we got for this episode of Blurry Photos. I have been, um, oh shoot, what what was it? It was right on. It's right on the t- uh, Dave. I can't remember. Gotcha. Well played. I just got it. <laughs> and I've been Dave the Slicer Stecco. <laughs> Slicer. I still. I just think this is so stupid. How can anybody believe this at all? How can you just make up something and go along with it and see ya? See ya.